You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Marty McDonald. And he's been consulting with small businesses since back in 2002. His company is called Bad Rhino, and it's a full-service social media and digital marketing agency that was founded in 2011. Today, he services clients locally, nationally, and globally. And one of the reasons that Bad Rhino has grown to be so successful so quickly is due to their ability to develop true, unique, and highly customized strategies that create incredible exposure for their clients and their businesses, obviously. You know, Marty's also an author and a speaker, and I'm happy to have him here today. So welcome to the show, Marty. Thanks, Dennis. Great intro there. Appreciate the time and I'm looking forward to the interview. Thank you. Thank you. Well, congrats on all your success. You have been, you know, a digital marketing agency that's been around for eight years, has seen a lot of change, right? Nine years now, I guess, right? Eight, nine yeah. years now. And it's really interesting because today, just to tease the audience a little bit, we're going to talk about, you know, this is an election year, right? And while I'm sure you're all very happy that we're not going to talk about politics and we're not going to be partisan, the right or the left, we're not going to talk anything about that, but we are going to talk about three things, maybe more, but three things you definitely need to know about paid advertising in 2020. And some of it directly ties back to this whole election year. There are, there's a whole bunch of changes and a whole bunch of things you need to know about. And so you know, Marty today and I are going to try to unpack that for you so that you can be better prepared as we move into this election year. So before we dive into that, Marty, do us a huge favor. Tell us a quick story, kind of how you got here. Take a minute or two. Give us, give us a little bit of a backdrop and then we'll dig right in. Absolutely. Thanks, Dennis, again for having me on. You know, we started Bad Rhino, you know, it was technically founded in 2010. So we're in our 10th year. And as you said, I've been doing digital marketing since 2002. I feel like a dinosaur in this industry. I taught myself how to code and all that and not giving you all that backstory, but it became a side hustle for many years that eventually became our agency in Bad Rhino. My business partner, Rich, he actually came up with the name and kind of the concept and idea at the time we were working at a company together. And, uh, you know, it's kind of got off to the races. We started getting some smaller clients right away and started building upon it over the past 10 years. It's been really interesting. We started out on social media before there was a paid platform on there to advertise. So it was all organic and a bunch of other neat stuff. And then it's expanded into digital marketing. We always lead with social. That's where we got our accolades. That's where we've won our awards. But as the internet has changed and social has changed and it's all become one, you know, that's our main focus. We work with clients in a variety of different industries. And you hit the nail on the head on the intro. Our goal is to sit down with a client understand what they need and create a custom plan that works for them. Most importantly, we want to get results for them. Cool. So Bad Rhino, when I listen to that name, <laughs> when I hear that name, it's kind of cool. It stands out. What's the meaning behind it or what was the derivation? <laughs> so yeah, so 
you know, we've been through that whole thing so many times over the years and we actually fell into a trap where I met a branding expert and he wanted us to literally come up with a story about Bad Rhino. But here's the honest to God truth about how Bad Rhino came up and why we kept it Bad Rhino. Like I said, my business partner, Rich, he's super well thought out. He is the exact opposite of me on certain things. Like he's very organized, you know, he's got everything in line. He said he was thinking about starting this type of business. And I said, Rich, I will help you, you know, get started and help you map some things out, but you got to come up with a cool name. And I did it half jokingly. And he came back into my office about 45 minutes later. I figured Rich would be out like for like two weeks trying to research names and figure out this out. Like I said, he's very well thought out. And he came back 45 minutes, wrote down 12 names on the board. Can't remember 10 of them, but one of them obviously was Bad Rhino and the other one was Moosehorn. And we went with Bad Rhino. And thank God. Coming up, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it was interesting in the process. It's hard charging. You know, even our logo is just like the rhino just kind of moving forward and you need a thick skin. And that was really the whole kind of idea. And I had no idea whether it was going to stick or not. And uh, that's the true story. You know, some people wanted us to say that we were on safari and all this other stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I like the truth. You you just leave with the truth and it'll all work for you, you know? Love it. Perfect. All right. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions before we dive into the topic, right? Before we start talking about paid ads to learn a little bit more about you and your business. So if you could pick any business superpower, right? Just any business superpower that you obviously don't currently have, one that you really wished you had, what would it be? I would easily see in the future. All right. You know, I mean, so that would be the superpower. So like when I, I use this example a lot, so I bought into Netflix way back when it was like a dollar twenty-two a share and it went up to four twenty, four twenty-five, I think it was. And I was like, all right, sell a bunch off, you know. But you didn't see where it was going because at the time you're thinking this is cool. You're getting in the mail DVDs, get one, watch it, send it back, get another one, two or three at a time. It was a cool service for that time period. But if you could just see in the future of what was coming down the pike with streaming and phones and mobile and all that sort of stuff, I mean, that would be the perfect thing to have a superpower that you could see even a month down the road, you know, like you don't have to see years, just like a couple months, a couple weeks, that sort of stuff. Some of it you may not want to see. <laughs> I, think, I think Blockbuster would agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they would. All right, cool. So let's get a little bit micro into your business. So you've had a digital agency for a decade now, right? And yeah. So my question to you is, what's the number one strategy that you guys are using today to get new clients, right? Because I'm always interested in kind of looking under the hood of your business and trying to figure out how you're doing it. I I hear a lot about referrals. I hear a lot about, you know, conferences and hear a lot about that sort of stuff. But tell me, what's driving your business with these new relationships? Because those types of relationships don't just happen. You know, you know, it's it's not happenstance. They're, They're typically very intentional. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you have to create them. Okay. Let's just start there. You have to create the relationships in order to get referrals. I was very lucky to do a ton of networking back in my twenties and in my first career, so to speak. And I built a huge network and for staffing and headhunting, which I used to do. And that, you know, taught me one thing is like, if you need a favor and you actually had a beer with somebody or a cup of coffee or went out to lunch with them, they were more apt to like pick up the phone and talk to you, you know? So you have to create that in some way, shape, or form. Starting a business, yeah, you need to get referrals. How are we driving things right now? In a variety of different ways, I think it still comes back to the earliest part of the internet and what we were talking about earlier just in our little pre-interview and conversation about creating good content that people want to 
actually digest and see because there's a ton of noise out there. You know, you go on an average Facebook feed and you're like, oh, I got a headache. You know, it's kind of buzzing through. But if you just click that one little button and change a few things, now all of a sudden it's giving you exactly what you want, right? And if you do that over time, you know, people will lead you back to your business. So it's the same kind of concept is putting good content out there, using page strategies to make sure people are seeing it. And then as you go out is creating those relationships, like I didn't know you until a few minutes ago. So, you know, now I know Dennis and now that's like, you know, something that you can build upon and talk about things or referrals that you might need something for your business. So I think it just the game isn't different. It's just constantly evolving of how people consume content. They're always looking on their phones, you know, so you have to be there in any business when you're trying to drive leads into your business, you want to look where your market is, what they're doing, right? And then put content out there that would actually help them. So it really hasn't changed. You know, it's just like putting things out there that you know will get noticed. And if they like, and it resonates with them, they're going to put their information in or, or give you a call. So are you putting, are you doing paid ads for your business where you're Absolutely. driving content and then, you know, maybe retargeting them with additional yep. content and then, you know, moving them, you're taking the top of funnel to the bottom of funnel type approach. And obviously as you get closer to the bottom, you know, that dialogue converts offline, hopefully, and you get to, you get some sort of relationship or, or build some sort of rapport beyond digital. Exactly. You know, you hope to, I think writing the book and speaking and podcasting where people are like, dude, I, I saw you on, or I heard you on this podcast and I saw this video that you did in this interview and they feel like they know you a little bit. And I think that's huge in a digital age. You know, I gravitated towards social media when it first came out because it reminded me of just old school networking. You know, how many times have you been on a social media channel and you see a friend of yours going, hey, looking for a new dentist, looking for a new accountant. It's no different than if you were standing in the backyard, say in the 1950s, and you just turn to your buddy and be like, hey, who do you use for your accounting? You know, but you're just doing it on a different platform now. Right. So the ideas and the concepts are still there, but it's just changed the way you connect with people, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So what I love about that is I love to see, you know, because I will be honest with you, I've talked to a lot of different digital agencies and sure. it always kind of, it always kind of is an underlying question in my mind when I ask them how they're getting clients and they're not using paid ads or they're not <laughs> using content, right? And they get it all through referrals. And I, I, there's nothing wrong with getting it through referrals, but, you know, I guess if I were, if I were going to hire a digital agency you know, I would want them to actually eat their own dog food, right? I'd want them to actually participate and, you know, buy their own service, right? So, I mean, and that's not always the case. And I'm not just talking about digital agencies. I'm, that's a whole everybody. variety of different, yeah, that's everybody. But I think that's interesting. And I'm glad to hear that you are actually a little bit different in that, in that way. So, all right, cool. So, why don't we do this? Why don't we unpack this concept? You know, you're going to talk about three or more things, you know, today that, business owners, advertisers, marketers need to know about paid ads in 2020. So um, sure. I'm sure there's going to be a bunch, of, a bunch of different pieces in there, but take it away. Give us that framework and then we'll go from there. Yeah. I mean, this could be like a four hour conversation. So we're I'm sure. trying to keep it simple. You know, everybody's going to have different opinions and this is ours kind of coming into this year. We started prepping some of our clients for it at the end of 2019 and now we're in January, 2020. And like we said at the beginning, and Dennis put there perfectly, it's a you know, political election year, and we're not going to get talk about politics. And if we mention any names, it's not an endorsement of anybody. So let's get that out of the way. But it's something that coming out of 2016 and 
I don't need to go into all the, you know, BS and other stuff that was out there. Some of it's true. Some of it's not, you know, the government definitely cracked down and kind of changed some things, good, bad, or indifferent about how some of these ads were running, right? You can call it fake news, you can call it whatever, but it's been going on for a while in different areas. I mean, I think most people listening to this podcast, if you're interested in this type of stuff, you know, you, you have followed it, you have seen it because if your business relies on anything on paid strategies, you've seen some of this stuff. So what's that all mean? So it means a couple of things. This year, they're probably more than likely going to crack down on some things and I'll touch upon that. And you have to prepare and you have to prepare in the fact that during a certain part of this year, costs are going to spike. So let's talk about these three things. You know, preparing our clients and then preparing for this year, you know, I talk to everybody about, you know, front-ending your sales. What do I mean by that? Trying to hit your goals faster. So let's just say, keep it simple, you have $120,000 a year to spend on digital ads. You might want to spend that hundred and twenty faster than you normally would rather than having ten grand a month and kind of not set it and forget it, but you have it budgeted out that way. You might want to sit there and say, cost per click is probably going to go up, point number two, in September, October, and November. So let's try and hit some of these goals faster. If you have all the data, and ultimately digital marketing is about the data. It's what the audience is telling you they want to see. It's what it's converting, all that fun stuff. Maybe you want to front end it. You know, Go back and look at your data. Say, hey, we did a lot of sales in May of last year. And maybe your product's seasonal, maybe it's not, but you have some good information that May was a good month. So maybe you're, you put in 15 grand instead of your normal you know, 10 or 12 that you're doing on 120K budget a year. Then you're hitting your goals faster because when that time hits, September, October, and November with these political ads, those eyeballs are going to be hard to, to see your ads and those noise. Plus, a lot of people potentially, so they say, I don't know if this will be true, are going to take a break from seeing everything on the election stuff, you know, on Facebook or on any other platform. So you might want to take those two things, front end your sales. So plan a little bit earlier to spend that budget earlier when cost per click should be down a little bit more. Number two, plan for probably middle of August, anytime around the conventions. I don't know when they are, July and August. It's probably where things are going to start. So plan for those time periods to be a little bit more expensive. And then going into point number three is watch your content a little bit. And let's talk about that part because you might have some great organic content that kind of skirts some political ideas or name drops some things. I see a lot of ads for mortgage companies that talk about president and they have the president's name in there and then they're running ads for some program, right? Those types of things are going to get more scrutinized during an election year. So if you have organic content or even paid content that kind of alludes to political things, you might want to change that up now. So there's a lot of things in those just three points that I dropped. And like I said, this could be a multi-hour conversation about everything that's going on. But the whole thing is just a little bit of planning at the beginning of this year, be able to maximize your budget because you don't want to be sitting there in the third and fourth quarter towards the end of the year going, we got to increase our sales. We got to do this. And then you're finding out like cost per click is doubled and all these other things. And I'm not saying it's going to double. I'm not a soothsayer here. I can't look into the future. Don't have that superpower, what we we're just talking about. But that's what I would anticipate because, you know, history repeats itself. And that's what happened in 2019. And the last thing I'll say on that is the local stuff. Don't forget about your local elections because they are spending more on digital this year than they have in the past. 
Okay, so we covered three real key points, right? One is you talked about front loading your spend and your budget, right? The other one you talked about was obviously being careful with, you know, that your cost is going to, and, and the primary driver to that is your cost. Historically, your costs are going to go up no matter what your costs are going to go up going into the holiday season. But, but now you have obviously an election, so it's going to get even more competitive, right, for those same eyeballs. And then the third part was careful of the type of creative or the type of content that you're using because it might get confused with all the AI and automation that the ad platforms are using as fake news right. or political, you know, having some sort of political agenda and then you're not going to get approved or they're going to really cut down on your reach. Those are, those are the three you talk about, right? Costs are going to go up. And I think that touching on the cost, like you look at election, it'll be, you know, November 16th or I think that's the date. Then you're coming out of that and you go right into the holiday season, which is always expensive. And let's just be real. Those platforms are looking to make money. So they're not shy about, you know, ratcheting up the costs, you know, especially during that time and make their numbers and, Facebook's notorious for like changing how they bill and it kind of, you know, does a lot of weird stuff every once in a while. So bottom line is, is just as we were saying, Dennis, is just to keep planning for these things, you know, make sure that it's top of mind because it could change really fast. The algorithms could change and the approval process could change. So you don't want to sit on everything, you know, and wait for the second half of the year, you know, try and get it in now, drive that traffic, close those sales so that when that does hit, if there are any bumps, you're already prepared for them. Gotcha. So, so brands that are not holiday driven, right? Brands sure. that, you know, that where their revenue comes throughout the course of the year. Now, this brings up an interesting question and I don't know if you have the answer, but it's definitely worth talking about, right? Sure. And so that is, what about brands that are heavily leveraged into that holiday season, right? We all know the retailers, you know, whether it be, you know, whoever it is, Best Buy or sure. whoever the retailer is, Walmart or whoever these big retailers are, advertise, you know, they generate a, a mountain of their revenue. And if I didn't know the, I don't know the exact numbers, but if I had to guess, it's probably at least 70% of their revenue, right? During those least, holiday yeah. seasons. How could, what are some strategies or thoughts on that? And, and it's not necessarily for that audience, but it's more for people that are, that the small businesses that have that same sort of ripple effect where they have a heavy a heavy focus around the holidays and it could literally make or break. Like for example, I had a friend of mine who was selling on Amazon and he had a very, a very specific product that sold from October, November, and December. So mm -hmm. those months he sells like 80% of his sales are during those months. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, how do you see that impacting those businesses, you know, obviously negatively, positively, and maybe some ways that they might be able to counteract that? Absolutely. Uh, it's a great question too. And, you know, we deal with golf products, so it's seasonal. Hunting products, also seasonal, like outdoor stuff, also very seasonal. So when you look at those things, you know, if I'm sitting there and I'm advising a client or somebody's, you know, asking this question, you know, it's really just a plan for it. Just say maybe you tack on 15% onto your ad spend, right? The big guys aren't going to be impacted. You know, they're still going to get the same amount probably from those things, the Best Buys, the Walmarts and all that. They're going to spend that money anyway. In a smaller business where, you know, you're looking at your budgets and you're, you're being a little bit cautionary where you can't just throw everything and, and, you know, everything has to come back to you in some way, shape or form. Just plan a little bit now. I mean, you have time. I think that's the neat part about having this topic and we're sitting here in January is you're, you're looking out and you have plenty of time to not only hit your sales goals a little bit earlier, you know, if you have all your information and you have all your data tight, 
you can hit those goals a little bit faster so that it's not, you know, too crazy. But if you're seasonal, you just have to plan for it and just understand that it's going to be a little bit more this year and it's going to be a little bit more crowded. The beauty of it is maybe you take it pre-election and then post-election where you know those eyeballs you know, are going to be tied up and there's going to be a lot of ad spend on those things. Maybe you don't spend for those two weeks in November and you take your budget and you back end it going right into you know, Black Friday, et cetera, through the holiday season. So instead of advertising where it's super busy on those platforms in the early part of November, just flip it and, and do on the backside. So maybe you take a mini pause or you just use a little bit less so that you have you know, more ad spend to go into your busiest times. So it really just comes down to planning a little bit differently this year because of that election. What about the thought, and I think that makes total sense, right? But what about the thought of leveraging channels that maybe are not going to be impacted as hard as exactly. maybe a Facebook, right? Like yeah. maybe Google, I, I don't know, you could probably be a better, you'd probably tell me better. Maybe Google won't be hit as hard or maybe there's other ad platforms that won't be hit quite as hard. I think Facebook, and this is just my intuition, is the one that's probably going to see the biggest impact, right? They're going to get, they're going to have the biggest surge because again, it's social and that's where pol the political agenda really wants to be, right? You know, it's not really mm -hmm. search driven like Google. So what about some sure. of these other platforms? Is that another concept or a thought that you, they might want to look at? Absolutely. I think, you know, I'm always big on having a whole entire marketing wheel, you know, you know, being a digital agency, if somebody comes to us and they talk to us about direct mail and postcards and things like that, I'm a huge fan of that. Huge fan of, you know, hitting people, your target market, as long as it's, you know, you're not spraying things around, you know, you want to look at that. And I think one of the biggest changes that I've seen over the past two, three years has been businesses not relying 100% on digital. There is a stretch there, I would say between 2013 and about 2015, where we would talk to people and they were just going like crazy online and it would go, it was working, you know, everything was working. And then I saw a shift around 2017 where people were changing how they were marketing to their customers. And I'm always a big fan of having multi-channel. So I think your advice there is good. You know, you can abandon those things and put that money into something else. You just need to know what's going to work. Like for this year, for us, you know, podcasting advertising is becoming something that we're, we're doing more of, not only just doing interviews and, and working with podcasters, but actually advertising on their shows. And doing little things like that can make a huge difference when you're prepping for something that, you know, might be your, your bread and butter, i.e. Facebook ads or Google ads, doesn't matter the platform. And just looking at it, and again, I hate to keep saying it, it's just having a plan, you know. I don't think anything drastic is going to happen, you know, but you don't want to get that call and I don't want to see a business owner like in August being like, Oh my God, you know, we're going to start our new ads and I can't believe how much it's costing right now because they didn't plan for it, you know, and, and that becomes tough, especially if you have sales goals and you got to get the revenue up and, and things like that. If you don't plan for these things and digital has become, I wouldn't say complicated, but there's so many other avenues that you can start to explore. I think it's smart, like you said, like take a look at some of these things. I mean, you can't get a really good SEO plan if you're starting in January before the end of the year, but you can do some things to tweak some of that. You can use different paid advertisements in different ways and reallocate that budget, you know, during that time and stay off of the Facebooks of the world during that political time. Yeah. And I think also, I think just looking at those other channels, 
And when I think channels, I think outside of the Facebook, which is kind of what we were really focused in on is sure. things like Google, things like your email list, things like podcasts, things like organic content on LinkedIn, which is going crazy right now, right? Sure. I mean, a perfect example, just LinkedIn, because that's kind of my home away from home. I mean, my average organic post with no paid spend behind it gets over 10,000 views and two, 300 engagements on every one of those posts. And it's all organic. So, I mean, that's another way organic might be able to help, you know, counteract some of that, you know, that might be displaced because of the whole election year. And again, I'm not trying to, we're not trying to paint a doom or gloom picture of this whole election thing, but you need to be prepared. And if you walk into, if you get into July and August and you're not prepared, and then all of a sudden you try to put a plan together, I got good, good news and bad news. And I don't think you want the bad news. Yeah. And I think Dennis, you just brought up a really good point is, you know, the biggest thing on social organically, um, it doesn't matter the channel, but LinkedIn is a good example is being consistent with that content. And that's why the biggest thing that we help companies at first is being consistent with the messages that they're putting out and then tying it into a certain promotion during the year or certain things that are going on in their business, whether they're doing an advertisement or speaking at a conference, all that sort of stuff. So when I say like being prepared and having multi-channel, getting a plan just around organic right now would be a, a good thing to do because people, you know, from a standpoint of ads, they're going to read them. They do. They work. But also, if you have something that really resonates with people and an organic push on it, you know, that just goes out and starts to go, like you said, you know, having 10,000 views and a couple hundred comments, that doesn't happen overnight, everybody. I mean, Dennis probably has the plan. Also put some time and effort into it to make sure that it is. And I'm sure the first couple of things that you did, you didn't get all that, right? But over time, it starts to build. But you actually have to have a plan. I think if we have to boil all this down to is have a plan for what you're doing in 2020 and don't just rely on, hey, we'll just throw an extra 10 grand at it, you know, towards the end of the year for, of a monthly budget because we have it, because it might not pay off as well as it did in 2019 on the same time frame. Yeah, I think my two biggest takeaways from this for my business, and if someone were to ask me, would be number one, obviously, obviously have a plan, but that plan consists of two big things for me. One is diversify the channels where I'm spending my money. Consider diversifying the channels where I'm spending my money as long as my audience is there. And then obviously leverage organic the best you can because obviously the ROI on that can be significant depending upon your creative or whatever you've got to put into it. So those are a couple of really good takeaways. Listen, I really appreciate it. A couple rapid fire questions before we go. One is, what's your, you're a digital guy, right? So you probably see a lot of tools, use a lot of tools, right? And you're getting hit with tools all the time, just like me. What would be, what's your favorite growth tool or software for your business? What do you use day in and day out to help you grow your business? <laughs> so I am you the had absolute, to pick one. yeah, I'm the absolute wrong person to ask this question. <laughs> but pipe drive for me has, is the, the main thing. So that is our CRM. CRM. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the rest of the tools, no clue on right now. You have to ask my business partner and the rest of my team. No, nope, that's great. <laughs> smarter than me. Pipe drive. I yeah. love it. Awesome. That's a great CRM. I've definitely used it. Awesome. And what would be one book that you've read or something you would recommend to the audience? You know, something you think would help them moving forward with their business? Oh man, that question is always the one, right? I always go back to one that I've read probably over 60 times and that's Think and Grow Rich. It's probably like the most boring answer. 
But man, every time I pick that up and I go to a certain section, it's just like, all right, mindset stuff, but put in a way that it just really works, you know, I think for me. Yeah, it's not tactical, but it's definitely no. more mindset. And as an entrepreneur, as a guy who's, you know, there's always those ebbs and flows and ups and downs in business, it's obviously yep. a critical part. So awesome. Really well, is. listen, listen, Marty, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Bad Rhino, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Sure. You can check us out, you know, badrhinoinc.com. So B-A-D-R-H-I-N-O-I-N-C.com. You can find us right there in the rest of it. Just search Bad Rhino, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. I always um, do this on all my podcast interviews. If you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to email me at info at badrhinoinc.com. Someone will respond to you. It may not be right that second, but we'll get back to you. If it's a question about anything that Dennis asked me or anything else that you want to know, I'm more than happy to do that. Love it. Well, listen, I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes. Really, really appreciate you being here today. Love the conversation. Have an awesome day, and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.